welcome to the Project Proactive Podcast with your hosts, Shoshana Mailer and Rebecca Shapiro. Tune in to our weekly interviews with inspiring and renowned guests in order to normalize conversations and spread awareness about issues that impact the mental health of our community. It might sound cliche and a bit cheesy, but together we really can be the change. We are so excited that you have joined us for our inaugural episode of the new Proactive Podcast. As you might notice, if you have been part of the Proactive community for a while, this episode is actually a recording of our first ever Mental Health Monday Live with Rachel Tuchman. In fact, our entire first season will be sharing select interviews from our past Mental Health Monday Lives in order to give you, the listener, a solid foundation of the basics before we delve deeper and deeper into more specifics in season two. In this episode, Rachel Tuchman, licensed mental health counselor, will explain the difference between mental health and mental illness in a way we have not heard anyone else explain it. It's actually one of the most important episodes of all time because once you understand this concept, all the other related topics make a lot more sense. Before we jump in, let me tell you a bit about Rachel. She works with children, teens, and adults, and she specializes in supporting women who struggle with infertility and post-hysterectomy. She has a particular passion um, and is a huge trailblazer when it comes to all topics related to body image. Aside from her private practice in Cedarhurst, New York, Rachel travels the world, uh, well, I guess pre-corona, speaking about various mental health and well-being topics. Now let's jump right in to this proactive podcast episode with Rachel Tuchman. Okay, so thank you so much for your time, Rachel. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I don't know. Sure. So I love this project. I love that you're back and doing it. And I love that Rebecca's part of it. because I think Rebecca and I go way back, like a million years ago, probably since we were like 10 years old. I don't even know. A long time. So I know that she's going to be really amazing helping you doing this. And I love that we're doing this because we do need to talk about mental health, like in the general world, but especially in the Jewish world, we need to be talking about it. So I love that you're doing this and I'm glad that it's like force and I love this initiative of like the Mental Health Monday. So I just want to say that. Um, so I am Rachel Tuckman and I am a licensed mental health counselor. I work in the five towns um, out of my office in Cedarhurst and I work with kids and adults. Um, I do a lot of parent training, parenting courses. And I also work with women with infertility post-hysterectomy. That's my that's my niche. The bulk of my client case caseload right now is really kids, but I work with adults also um, and that kind of stuff. So we were going to talk tonight, I guess, about like, I, and I think this, this is part of breaking the stigma is talking about it. Like, let's just talk about it. Let it be a discussion, like a normal thing. Like we talk about going to the gym and we talk about cooking and baking and we talk about school and we, we talk about all these things, but then there's some things that like, we don't talk about and i think that the more we talk about things the more normal and part of the conversation to become so i think this is so important um so i guess i'll let you like lead shoshana like i don't know what do you want to do here (laughs) should i just start yeah well we had we have a list of topics so let's just get started on the list um and then i'll ask you a few questions on those topics and then at the end we can kind of open up the floor to q a if anyone has any questions or follow-up comments um 
All right. So, well, the first topic we wanted to kind of discuss is mental health versus mental illness. Um, a lot of times these two terms are used interchangeably. And I know even in the beginning when I got started in the field, I didn't really understand the difference between them. Um, so I just wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about what the difference is. Is there a difference? What people mm -hmm. should know about the difference? Yes. Okay. So mental health is something that we all have. Everybody has mental health. And our mental health is basically our well-being, our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our social connections, how we understand the world, how we adapt and cope with change. We all have it, right? So our mental health, like how, how we'll see it manifest is like how productive we are in our daily activities. So at work, at school, with our friends, with our families, um, our ability to have healthy relationships, and how, again, how we adapt to like adversity, right? And how we, how we deal with change. So that's really what mental health is. It's really our overall well-being. So everybody has that. Everyone has mental health. Mental illness, not everybody has this. And that basically affects the way that people think and behave and interact with other people as well as themselves. So you might see someone with a mental illness, they have significant changes in their thoughts and their emotions their behavior um they'll have problems functioning socially at work with friends like that it'll really impact their lives so that's a mental illness so just like we have physical health and then we have illnesses right and our illness impacts our physical health and our ability to function this is the same thing we have our mental health and then we have illnesses that can impact our ability to function but just like you can treat a physical illness and even if it's chronic like Alzheimer's or diabetes or arthritis or whatever it is, you can either slow the process or make it less or make it something you can live with, you know, like MS also. Any of these chronic diseases, you can you can treat them so that you can still function even with that mental illness, even sorry, with that chronic illness. It's the same thing with mental illness. You can still function well and even better than someone who doesn't necessarily have mental illness so i think that's important for us to know also because a lot of the time we say oh that person has mental illness oh like something's wrong with them but i've seen people in my practice who have mental illness who have it more together than people who don't have it, anything diagnosed so mental illness is not indicative of your um success in life you can have a mental illness but still have high mental health or you can have low mental health with um you know mo no no mental illness at all you know so it, that's not indicative of your ability to function um poor mental health can lead to mental illness that's definitely a factor um but there's also genetic predisp predisposition there's environmental factors like there's so much stuff that that causes or that's linked to having a mental illness so it's important to know that there's like a lot of different causes. It's not the result of one event um, and it's a medical condition. And I think that's also part of why like there's the stigma is not gone at all, but there's a better understanding and more acceptance coming out now because people are understanding mental illness as like a disease that they understand that it's a medical condition like heart disease or diabetes. It's not like a character flaw or like, oh, that guy's so messed up. What's with him? Like. It's something that is, it's treatable and it's something that's like a brain disorder, you know? So that's kind of what we're learning as we discuss more. And that's why discussing is important because 
with conversation comes knowledge and education. Um, so that's like the mental illness and mental health piece. I hope that was a clear. Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay. Good insight. Um, so I touched on this a little bit, but um, you talked about a little bit about how mental health could be compared to physical health. We could think about it in a similar way to physical health. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, the topic of comparing the two and being able to view them um, in a similar way? Um, how we can kind of normalize the importance of keeping up with our mental health in the same way as it's so normal to keep up with our physical health. Right. So the World Health Organization actually says like there's no health without mental health. So just like we are so focused on like putting the right foods in our body and exercising and making sure that we're, you know, not even not exercising for weight loss, exercising for health. And we're doing all of these things like it's like such a it's like in our culture now to like try this gluten free and, and dairy free and eliminate this and do this and toxins from your body. Like we're all into that physical, you know, um, detoxing the same thing we should be doing with our mental health. Like we should also be look, we should also be looking at the fact that um, there are things that we can do to improve our mental health, things that we can do to kind of like put us, at lower risk for having mental illness or just mental health issues. Um, not everyone will experience mental illness throughout the course of their lifetime, but everybody will experience some kind of mental health issue, right? So you might feel down because you know you didn't get a job or you broke up with your boyfriends or you failed a test or you um, you know, you're in a fight with someone in your family or there's so many things that cause mental health problems. And I think people don't even think of it in that way. Like, oh, you know, I don't have a relationship with my mom. That's just like life. No, that's considered a mental health problem. That's, you know, you could go to a therapist to deal with that. Or you broke up with your boyfriend and you can't get past it. That's a mental health problem. But people get so freaked out. Wait, what do you mean? That's mental health? Like, I thought mental health means I'm schizophrenic or bipolar or... I have OCD. No, again, mental health, like I said, it's our well-being. It's our overall, like our relationships, our thoughts, our feelings, our coping with life. So if life throws you for a loop and you experience loss or you're having trouble with your kids or you can't find a partner to marry and it's stressing you out and that's, you know, ruining your life, that's a mental health problem. So again, and just like we, when we're not feeling good physically, we'll go to the doctor we'll ask, you know, we'll get opinions on like what's wrong and what kind of treatment and what should I do to, you know, deal with this chronic back pain or whatever it is. We should be reaching out and asking also how to deal with our mental health things. Also, go to a therapist, go to a psychiatrist, go to, who, you know, whoever to be taking care of your mental health. You know, you could, some people, again, like the gym is like a mental health thing for them. Like that's, they're released and that's the way they take care of themselves and that's how they handle their issues. But that's, you know, again, like that's, that's taking care of your health and mental health. And I think it's super important that we recognize that you can't neglect your mental health and then think that it's not going to affect your physical health. We know that there's also so many negative effects of you're not feeling good mentally on your body, you know, so there's so many um, studies on trauma and the effect on your body and that it could cause serious illnesses. Um, 
and and cause things like heart attack and fibromyalgia and like just crazy things that if we're not taking care of ourselves, it affects our body, you know? Um, so I think that we just need to focus on just like we're so obsessed with like making sure we eat right and we exercise and we move and whatever, we should also be making sure that when things stress us out, we're dealing with it, we're talking about it. When we feel like it's getting too heavy, we go and maybe say like, you know what, maybe I should talk to someone, just a few sessions just to like get it out there and deal with it. And we prioritize it the same way we prioritize sticking to that, you know, meal plan or, or sticking to that gym regimen that we're doing. This should be like right up there on the list, scheduling that therapy appointment. And another thing is that it's so available to us now. Like so many people, you know, I can't get to the gym. And I don't have time to make meals. Therapy, you can Skype from your, you know, your office during your lunch break. You can, there's tele, there's telemental health now. So there's really like no excuse. You don't have to go into the therapist's office. You can meet them from your phone, from your computer. At night when you get home, there's so much availability now for mental health treatment that there's really like no excuse. Like you have more excuses not to go to the gym than to not see a therapist, you know? <laughs> So it's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, one of something that you touched on a little bit about, um, you know, by understanding that mental health relates to everybody, everybody, like not just illness, not just people who are going through crises, everybody ha is on a mental health spectrum, um, makes it a little less scary to think about mental health as a topic that people can relate to. Um, but so anyway, now that we kind of covered a little bit of ground on mental health, physical health, um, could you talk a little bit about mental illness? Um, maybe a little bit about, you know, the prevalence of mental illness in the Jewish communities or just from your experience that you've seen, um, maybe it's more common than we realize, um, and maybe just kind of talk about some of the more common mental illnesses out there and just mental illness in general. Definitely. So the statistics um, in the Jewish community are not any different than like the just regular world. Like it's the same for us. So it's the stats are like one in every five um, results will have some form of mental illness. Um, so in America, the pop, that's about like 43 million people with mental illness. Um, one in 17 of those will have a serious mental illness. So it could be schizophrenia or bipolar. Um, depression and anxiety are the most common. Um, but mental illness can, there's so many ranges. It could be mild, moderate, severe. Like it's really, um, there's not like a one, you know. Um, the most common types of mental illness, like I said, depression and anxiety are like the two biggest ones. Um, then there's mood disorders like bipolar personality disorders, so some of you know, like antisocial personality or narcissistic or borderline, you may have heard of these, histrionic, um, then there's schizophrenia, trauma dis trauma disorders are big, eating disorders, addiction, those are really like the most common ones. The DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, um, that lists all the um, psychological disorders, but the main ones that, that are, I guess, most commonly diagnosed are those that depression, anxiety, mood, personality disorders, addiction.
addictions. And again, we know that these exist in the Jewish community. We know that addiction is a problem. We know that there's eating disorders. We know that there's trauma. Suicides and we're not exempt from it. This is like the human condition. And I feel like we need to acknowledge it and stop pretending that it doesn't exist and stop feeling ashamed um, that it does exist. You know, I feel like the more we try to mask it, the more we just kind of like help that shame grow, you know, because then it's not just about like, oh, I'm depressed and I feel so bad, but it's also, I have something to be embarrassed about. And that only makes that depression even worse, which, you know, in the beginning, maybe it was a depression that could have been treated and helped, but then it turns into a depression that's like this endless black hole where then someone feels like they need to commit suicide because there's no way out. I can't talk to anyone. I can't tell anyone. I can't, you know, so I feel like we need to start having that conversation and letting people know they can talk about it and there is help. So I think we're kind of like starting that road. And I feel like social media can be so great in this respect. Like I have like a love hate relationship with social media, which I'm sure you probably also do. I love it because it happens to be that my, like my professional page, I love, I don't follow anyone that I don't like or that annoys me or I really like feel so empowered when I see my page. Cause it's just like, it's such a positive, good place. And I see there is so much discussion about mental health and, and fulfillment and relationships and becoming a better person and taking care of your body in a healthy way through intuitive eating and and getting rid of you know body shaming and diet culture like there's, there's so much good um and i see also some of these people that i follow like are being also open about therapy you know so i just saw the other day that the frock i don't know if you follow them but the frock was like talking about how tuesdays is like they're like therapy tuesdays like she was talking about how like everybody goes to therapy in their office and i love that that she just said it like so casually and like it was like a nothing thing like yeah we go to therapy and she for her it might have been like a nothing to say but it was such a powerful moment because she was making it normal and maybe even cool to some people maybe to some of their younger followers like oh they go to therapy like i can go to therapy the frock goes to therapy i want to go to therapy so i feel like the more we're just open about it and we say that it's something we do just like i'm going to the gym this morning and i'm cooking for you know whatever and i'm going grocery shopping also like therapy you know i saw also that um I don't really love her account, but I saw that Arielle Charnas, the something Navy, she also like posted a couple times that she goes to CBT therapy, which again, like I also love that she, she has this massive following also. And she was talking about how she goes to therapy too for her anxiety. Um, so I like that. I like that it's becoming more like kind of cool and like normal and talking about it is okay. We have a long way to go, but I think that's like super important. So um, the stats are, back to that, the stats are, they're the same in the Jewish community, but it's, it's there, it's common, and we need to start addressing it and thinking like, oh, because we, we don't do this because we're religious or we, we, our kids don't have exposure to that because they're in yeshivas, like, that's just naive. We live in the real world and we have all of the same challenges and and exposures as the rest of the world because we take buses and we take airplanes and we drive in cars and we see billboards and we go to the same places and we shop in the same stores and 
we live in the same neighborhoods. Like we're not, you know, we're exposed to it all. So for us to think that we're like untouchable is dangerous and naive. So the Jewish community is just as much affected by all of these things. I wouldn't say more, but just as much as the rest of the world. And we need to like accept that and start dealing with it, you know? Yeah. So, um, right. Yeah. So obviously it affects the Jewish community, even if we don't hear about it um, so much. And uh, it also seems like there's been progress in the past, I would say a few months, um, maybe year. So do you have any thoughts or ideas of, I mean, it sounds like you believe, I think a lot of us believe that there is ability to change the stigma, ability to break the stigma. I mean, we've seen progress in the world in general. Um, what kind of steps can we take as a community, as the Jewish community to kind of get us the next step closer to accepting mental illness and mental health for what it is and normalizing it? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is like, kind of understanding like what is a stigma anyway, right? We hear the word all the time. Like, do we even know really what it is? So a stigma really is like, when you're viewing someone in a negative way because they have this characteristic or personality trait that you think, or maybe it actually is like a disadvantage. So you're like negatively stereotyping them. So sometimes we'll hear that someone maybe has a mental health problem, a mental illness, and then we're like, oh, like, I don't want them to go out with my, I don't want that, that guy to go out my sister like his parents are divorced oh yeah or i don't want him to go out with her i heard that he had depression when he was in high school or uh, his brother's an addict so those are stigma stigmatic phrases and that's just reinforcing the stigma so i think part of changing it is um we need to talk about it right we need to talk openly about it understand it more define what certain disorders are and and understand how what, like what it means to treat them and what is the treatment and what does it mean to live with that mental illness or mental disorder and again going back to what i said before you can have a mental illness and have great mental health just because you have bipolar doesn't mean that your life is falling apart you can be living better than someone who doesn't have bipolar you know you could have a functional marriage and a and a great job and a great life and the guy down the street from you that doesn't have it his wife is cheating, his kids hate him, his job, he just got fired, his life sucks, he wants to kill himself, but you have bipolar and you're doing better than him. So again, it doesn't matter. A mental illness is not indicative of like your ability to function in life. So I think education, being aware of our own attitudes towards mental health. So again, if you hear like, oh, someone comes from a divorced family, are you judging them? Oh, he probably doesn't know what it means to have a marriage. Like, okay, so we need to start looking at that. Like, we know that that's not based on reality because we know that there are couples that stay together that the marriage is not great and kids are growing up in dysfunctional homes or kids that come out of divorces whose parents get to have a good marriage they just have a healthy outlook or they had a their parents had a horrible divorce and they want to do better like you can't we can't assign like personality traits to certain mental illness, mental illnesses or mental health problems so that's that comes from education that comes from being aware of our own attitudes and our own judgments um we have to be honest about treatment so if you have a mental health issue or a mental illness you have to be honest about what you need you have to say 
I'm not like, I, I can't be worried about what everybody thinks. Like I need to reach out to a therapist. I need to contact the psychiatrist. My life is falling apart. And a lot of the time people don't do that and they keep hiding stuff and they keep trying to keep up that facade and they're falling apart and it's just getting worse and worse. And I always say like, it's going to come to a head. You can only keep that up for so long, you know? So be honest about what you need. If you're going through something, we should also be conscious of our language. And I've actually posted about this a couple of times. Like a lot of the time, you know, we throw around things like, oh, I'm so OCD or oh, she, he's so bipolar. And we're not understanding like what those words really mean. And I think that when we're so casual about them, um, that kind of, kind of perpetuates the stigma and makes people not understand. Like, so bipolar, oh, so, you know, like, you're throwing a tantrum one minute and then you're super happy the next minute. That's not what bipolar is. Like, yes, there are highs and lows, but it, it doesn't look like that, you know? And then we don't understand it. And then we start, you know, attaching certain um, judgments on a person who may have bipolar, who again, like I said before, might be more functional than you who doesn't have bipolar, you know? Um, and we should encourage, like you were saying before, we should encourage equality between mental health and physical health. So just like we think it's so important to go to the doctor if you're not feeling well, to get a flu shot, if you have, God forbid, cancer, that you go for that chemotherapy and you take care of it and you, you do that radiation. And, and if there's some kind of you know study that they're doing that seems really hopeful, we encourage people, go try it, do whatever you can. Like you want to, why aren't we saying the same thing to somebody who has a mental health issue or a mental illness? Go get help, do whatever you can to make things better. Like we want you to live the best life. Instead of we're like, shh, don't, your sister's not going to get a shit off. Stop, don't talk about it. You know, go, go, go live somewhere else if you're going to do that. You're embarrassing the family. And we're not dealing with it. And we're just compounding shame. So I think that if we do that, if we try to change it, then through helping people better recognize mental illness and being better equipped to handle it, and through helping people who are struggling get the best help and treatment possible and reducing discrimination and not being judging judgmental and, and hostile towards people with mental illness. Um, I think that that's going to be part of like how we make the change. Um, but that's going to take, like I said, a lot of introspection on our part, you know, on each individual's part. Like, what am I, what are, again, what are my feelings and thoughts and judgments and what am I scared of? And if, if you're going through something currently in your life and you're like, I'm not going to see a therapist or even your child, I've had people call me and say like I want to bring my kids to therapy but like I don't want anyone to know about it like I, and and I told her she can't tell anyone about it and that's like so disturbing to me because again that's only making the stigma worse and also carrying it down then to your child who feels like there's something wrong with them for coming to me and then I'll tell the parent like mm, you probably don't want to bring your kids to me then because like they're gonna feel like they're cuckoo for coming to my office like they're not gonna feel good about seeing me so I think that we have to also, as parents, as adults, as role models, as leaders, we need to start normalizing it and talking about it and not being ashamed and understanding that it's just as valuable as, you know, cutting back on caffeine or not drinking too much soda or, you know, getting to that gym and taking the stairs instead of the elevator, going to therapy, seeing your therapist, talking to someone. You know, being open about mental health, not being ashamed, um, and not passing it down to the next generation by 
telling your kids, like, don't tell anyone that you go to a therapist or, you know, like that's, that's like really disappointing and disheartening. So I think that's how the change is going to happen. And I think it's necessary. And I think that stuff like this, Project Proactive, lives where we talk about things that people like are thinking about and talking about there's so much relief i feel like when we have these discussions i know for me i get so much feedback afterwards like thank you and you said what i was feeling and what i was thinking and what i was nervous about and what i was scared about and i know that i'm not alone let's talk about it more let's show people you're not alone you're not the only one who's going through that there's you know everyone and their mother is having some kind of issue so let's talk about it and let's make it not so bad and not so scary, you know, mm -hmm. not taboo. Yeah. I feel so, like I just talked forever. <laughs> what's that? I feel like I just talked a lot. No, that was amazing. I actually took notes even. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that sounds a lot of really good tips for a personal level and even a communal level, um, you know, on the personal level, education, um, being honest with yourself, language being careful of your language, being open with the people around you. Um, and you touched a little bit about on a, a communal, communal level, a collective level. Um, from, you know, Project Proactive perspective, um, I think, you know, like the, I got started in this because I think there's so much potential with the, you know, pressures of social media for, um, you know, negativity, but also for positivity. And um, I just see a world where we can work together um, as a community through social media, through, you know, using our voices, sharing our stories at the time that you might feel comfortable, even if it's anonymous, um, you know, working collectively to think of different ideas as a community to normalize it, to break the stigma. Um, I just wanted to wrap up the questions and these topics by kind of presenting a challenge to you guys who are listening um, and the Jewish community in general to, you know, think of more ways to um, collectively work together to rate the stigma as a community. Um, DM me if you think of anything, because I'd like to actually bring them to action, make them happen. Um, and so that's how I'd want to wrap up those questions. And then if anyone has any Q&A questions, um, Rachel, maybe we'll take some time to answer those. I don't know if, if as we were going. Try. <laughs> I mean, something I do want to add also is like, you know, it, it's not just like, I mean, there's also things like and infertility and marriage issues and kids who have learning issues. Like, again, this is all mental health stuff. Like parents are embarrassed to put their kid in a resource room and get them a tutor or, you know, or go to someone and say like my kid is having a hard time dating or or to go for fertility treatments like to god forbid tell anyone so that you know what doctor should i go to what like maybe i'm seeing the wrong you know and i deal with that a lot with the couples that i see with infertility like just feeling lost and having nowhere to go and no one to talk to and like if we would talk more about these things people would know who to go to and ha who to ask questions to and we could prevent so much anguish and for me like definitely with the infertility stuff like i went through it so i know that when i went through it no i had no one to talk to and i was very lost for a long time so i said like i'm gonna be the person people know oh you're going through infertility
Let me go to Rachel. Rachel Tuckman, she talks about it. Because I want them to feel that I'm their source, you know? Like, I, I went through it. I know the doctors. I, I, I ask about the different practices, even though I'm not even, that's not my world anymore, meaning I'm not involved in it as, like, a patient anymore. But I make it my business to know what's going on so that I can be a source of information and support and not just as a therapist, like you don't have to make an appointment with me to, to get information or, or support, but but also just as someone who went through it. And, and I talk about it, like it shouldn't be that it's like a scar or a stain, like this is what it is. It's something that I did not have control over and I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed and I want people to know that. Like you don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed. I think there's more shame in hiding it. That's something to be more embarrassed about, not being willing to reach out and ask for help that's more embarrassing to me than it is to just say like you know what i need help like why do why do we have to drown like just just reach out and ask for someone's hands you know and and like try to to make things better for yourself like why stay a victim so i think that's important i think rabbis also need to kind of stand up more in shul and like talk about these things you know and know more about what resources are available and i think they do in some communities for the most part like i think my community where i live in woodmere is pretty good but i still think there's a lot of work to do like we should be you know encouraging families who went through hard things to like stand up and show one job and tell their story so people can see there's a face to a family that went through something hard and they can reach out to them you know a family has to be willing to do that to talk about their child's suicide or their child's addiction or their struggle with infertility or their you know problem with their kid who you know, had learning problems, they they have to be willing to do it. But I, I think that that would be something amazing if we could kind of make like awareness Shabbos's every once in a while, you know, that someone in the community gets up and puts a face to, you know, I went through this. I think it's important for people to see like, also, you know, we, we think everyone's life is so perfect. And then the people that stand up with those stories, sometimes it's very surprising, you know? So I think that might be something, something I've like thought about for a long time and something I tried to do years ago and then life got busy and I didn't do it. But I think that would be something that could be like amazing and powerful and helpful. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Great thoughts. Um, did we miss any <laughs> questions from the beginning? I can't multitask so well, but before we were so i saw there were some questions i'm looking right. hold on so ellie sheva i love ellie Shevel. she's great she said um be there for people who are suffering when someone has a physical illness people step up to help right totally they're bringing meals there's a meal train right when we can normalize mental health we can help each other when help is needed yes you know like we know when someone's sick everyone's making meals for them and and to hillam groups and this and that but if someone has mental illness, like we're not talking about it, you know? Um, the DSM is so limited. Most of these diagnoses tra trace back to trauma and how nervous is that. I don't, listen, the DSM is a guide. Obviously, you know, we learn in grad school, you learn as a psychologist, you're really not supposed to like stick to labeling a, a diagnosis on a client, but like it's a guide. Like if we know what this is, if we can characterize it, we know better how to treat it. So like you, kind of have to use your DSM as a guide. Um, 
my therapist says 20% of people bother getting help and only 20% of those are willing to do the work. Okay. Yeah, probably. It's true. <laughs> someone said, how can someone, how can one find a good therapist? Um, so that's a good question. So definitely referrals from your friends, your rabbi, your yoetze, your doctor, um, family members, go on social media and find awesome therapists that you like. Um, definitely like looking, you know, that's, that's your way to find a good therapist. And then having a phone consult with them. And I always say treat that phone consult like your first date. Like ask questions and get see what the vibe is. And it's really like a date. So I don't like when people say like, oh, I, I tried therapy. It's not for me. I hate it. No, that's like saying like, I tried dating. I'm never going to date again. It's not for me. I hate it. Then you'll never find anyone. Like you went on some bad dates. Eventually you're going to find a, a good date, right? So it's a matter of finding the right therapist. Um, so just keep trying and it's going to be annoying. But when you know, you know, you really do know when you meet the right one. Um, says so our mental health can affect our physical health. Ellie Chevy, you're killing it with the wisdom here. And the opposite is true. Yes. You know, like I said, like if your mental health is no good, that can affect your body and how you feel. You'll feel run down. You'll feel tired. You can get sick. Um, it's just not, not a good thing. Um, is it going to be saved on YouTube? We'll talk about how you save it when you're done, Trishana. Um, what else? I'm seeing if there's anything else that I missed. Uh, oh, here there's more. Do you think actors and musicians talking about their mental health is helpful? So that's a good question. I do think it's helpful. And I think that like Hollywood as like whatever or yucky as it can be, I think the fact that like they make it like cool and like it's like a thing that they're talking about is super helpful. Just like I feel like with even like with fertility also that suddenly it was like cool to do IVF and All these people were talking about egg freezing and like it became less taboo. I think the same thing with um, mental health. Like it's definitely helpful. The more we talk about it, the better. Um, can it be that bringing up, bringing all the feelings up in the sessions are gonna make it worse and more confusing? Yes, yes. And that's why you keep going to therapy. It's not comfortable. Therapy does not feel good. When you go to the gym and you're lifting 15 pounds in each hand and squatting at the same time, does that feel good? No. But when you leave, you know you did something good for your body. I always say if you leave your therapy room like feeling amazing and you love your therapist, they're probably not very good. You should once in a while be angry at them and not like them, you know? <laughs> not always, but once in a while you should be like, oh, I did not like what she was saying. Like you shouldn't always feel comfortable and like happy. They should be challenging you and calling you out on things. <laughs> Um, what if someone is depressed due to a loss and pushes away her friends by accident and then it's all alone? I don't know what the question is. Like, I mean, you reach out and see if she wants help. I don't, I don't understand that question really. If you do, Shoshana, please help me. <laughs> were you as open about your infertility while you were in the trenches going through it or only in retrospect? I was open about it when I was going through it. I was like talking to people and asking for help. And I wrote an article that was published on H during my whole, my whole trial. It was, I was open about it. 
And then I said, I'm going to continue to be open about it because even after I had my second child, because it was secondary infertility, I still could not have another one after that. And I was very open about, yeah, I'm going to try IVF. And I always spoke about it. I never thought that there was anything embarrassing or shameful. Do you think it's helpful for the person to be so open and honest about their personal life experiences? In therapy, yes. Like on social media, probably not. We should use filters and we shouldn't be, you know, always like putting all our laundry out to for everyone to see. Talk about educating ourselves on signs not to be blinded by them. Act on it. Might be too late if not. Um, so I'm not sure what that means, but I love Jen. So I'm going to just like answer the way I think. Um, I think that sometimes we, there are signs of mental illness or signs of mental health problems and like we poo-poo them and we're like, ah, oh, it's fine, I'll deal with it or I'll just do this or I'll just do that, it'll go away. And then it doesn't go away and it gets worse. And I think that we, again, that's why this discussion is important because if we can make people aware, like this is a problem that like, if you feel like you can't cope with it, you should be reaching out to someone for help then I think that that makes it easier for people to get help because um, because they are aware of it and then they're not being blind. They're being open and honest um, about their problems and they're saying, you know what, I remember Shoshana spoke about this. I remember Rachel spoke about this. I remember, you know, whoever on Instagram mentioned this, like, you know what, I think I'm going to go talk to someone and get like a professional opinion. Um... You can follow Shoshana on Project Proactive uh, if they want to follow you. My last name is Mailer. <laughs> I, I guess I don't talk about that enough. <laughs> Shoshana Mailer, but I'm on the Project Proactive page. Yeah, you can follow her here. This is her page. But I, I think it's so important, and I, and I love that you're doing it. And, like, there needs to be more of this. We need to talk about it, and we need to make it normal, and we need to be open and just think about and I and I always tell people this when I talk about my infertility and they're like oh my gosh thank you or if I talk about you know I had um I had a loss in between like I did an IVF and then it didn't like I it worked and then I had to um I I lost the pregnancy and then I did another one and when I tell people about the IVF and the loss people are like oh thank you for telling and and I felt so alone and I felt so alone and I say like you know the relief that you're feeling like from hearing my story like remember and you talk about it too, like sure, that you're not alone and that you're not like some freak of nature. Like remember that. And and people just like you're not judging me and thinking I mean, maybe some are, but most are not. Just like you're not judging me. No one's gonna judge you. People feel better and comforted and you know, it's it's so important to to do that to talk about it and not feel ashamed when noticing someone close to you is going through something approach the situation notice the signs oh okay thank you thank you jen she's so smart i love jen so yes if you see someone's going through something that's like a touchy subject people will ask me oh i think that my sister is depressed or i think my you know, my cousin is in like a bad marriage, like what should I do? So those are touchy subjects. Like you can't, there's some things you can't get involved. Like you can't, you know, be like, oh, leave your husband or whatever. But you can say like, hey, I noticed like 
you know, is everything okay? I feel like you look a little down or like, I noticed that you seem stressed. Is everything okay? I'm here for you. You can send articles. You can say, hey, follow this person on in, on social media. Follow Shalom Task Force. Follow Yesh Tukba. Follow Nechama Comfort. Follow Project Proactive. Like you can kind of steer them in the right direction. That's why I Yeah, because back when I was going through infertility, there wasn't that stuff. And when people were going through, you know, postpartum depression and and all these things that they were going through, there wasn't social media to see like, oh, someone else feels suicidal or, or someone else feels depressed. Like now there is all of this here that people can go and see like, oh, there are resources and I'm not alone and someone's telling a story. So I think that that's why when social media can be amazing. So you can say, go follow this account. And, you know, they're so supportive and such great insights into anxiety or depression or whatever it is. So I think that's that's where social media is amazing um, and super helpful. So you can do things like that if you see that someone's struggling, um, if you feel like you can't approach them or if it's just like, you know, you don't feel like you're in the position. Any recommendations? Of yes. <laughs> Shoshana, do you have any that you love? I have some that I love that I'll share, but who do you love? I uh, I have a whole list, but maybe I'll spot. share it later. Okay, I can't so be put on the spot. Right, I know. I was just putting you on the spot. So I'll tell you some, like, off the bat that I think of, like, right away. Um, so definitely for anxiety, there's one called CBT School. I love her. She's amazing. Mindful MFT is amazing. She's a marriage family therapist. Incredible. Notes from your therapist. She's amazing, Allison. Um, I love Esther Schwartz. I love Bleamy Heller, Unconditional Parenting. She's amazing. Um, who else? And just like positive ones in general. Like I happen to love Shamantar. I love her. She cracks me up. <laughs> I love It's a Learning Life. I love Chevy Samet. She is so funny and wise and fantastic. Um, CBT school, right? That's what I said, right? I think I said CBT school. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. Gary V is amazing. I like Barry. I love Gary V. Bariana, she's great. Her and she's about mental health. Yes, Ice Life is also, and I love, and I forgot to mention her. Ice Life, I'm so sorry. I love that she's like, oh, I'm going to therapy today. Like, amazing. Yay. Thank you for talking about this. You know, this is like, Make it normal. Yes, she's going to therapy today. I love that she talks about that, and I even like messaged her to tell her that. Um, Gary V. Who else? I want to think of the good accounts that I follow that I love. Power of speech is great for like inspiring stuff. Um, any like humans of Judaism, like things that make you feel good about life and people in general. Um, I love also Tink's Good News, Tink Sinatra. He, like, originally did memes, and now he has a page, like, Tink's Good News, and he only posts, like, feel-good videos. Um, oh, also um, Prince EA. I'm going to put his thing right here. I'm going to tag it. we got to make a He's list somewhere. Amazing. I know. I think I'm just going to, like, put a list on my page, and then you can share it also. Um, he's so great. I'm tagging him right now in the comment. Prince EA, he's so great. Um, there's just so many great accounts, but those are like some of the ones I love. And I literally like, I don't go to my personal account anymore only because I mean, I don't really follow that many people, but it like annoys me. 
you know? Um, it does. It annoys me. No offense to any of my friends who I follow. For the most part, it doesn't annoy me, but, <laughs> but sometimes it does. I'm going to post the list of my stories. Yeah. Uh, my account here is, is, like, just so great. Like, I just feel so encouraged and so, like, feel like the world is going to be a better place with all the good that's on social media. You know, like, that's who I see. And I feel like, and really, that's the last point, actually, I want to make about your mental health. Um, oh, Ima D with me is also amazing. Shout out to them. We'd love to share the list, too, they said. They're amazing also. Just all these initiatives to, like, be aware of mental health, talk about it, do more. Um, but my last point I want to make about social media is a lot of the time I'll hear people talking about certain accounts that they follow that, like, annoy them and they can't stand them and they're like fetching about them and i'm like why do you follow them like if they're annoying you unfollow them like you're only like you say it's entertaining and it's funny to you but like but you're talking about it and it's stressing you out don't look at that account um and then even if they don't annoy you like outright but like maybe you're looking at it and you start like turning to look at your kids and you're like what like what is my life then unfollow it you know unfollow unfollow the ones that that are like always like about appearances and about you need to have this and you need to wear this and you need to go here and and i'm here and you're not there and just don't look at it and and i don't believe that instagram is a place for like character development that you have to when you don't like and then introspect like why don't i like this person you have enough of that in the real world in your everyday life let Instagram just be the place that you can come to like unwind and like just be happy and like feel good. And that's it. You could deal with character development and like, you know, how to deal with your jealous feelings. When you're at work or wherever, it doesn't need to be done on Instagram. So if you don't like someone, unfollow them, mute them if you can't unfollow them because like they're going to notice you unfollow them and then they're going to be mad. Don't put yourself in a position every day in front of your face you are bombarded with things that make you feel bad and that hurt your mental health it hurts your mental health to constantly see things that make you feel bad that make you feel like i don't look like her i don't dress like that I don't, we don't have that marriage i don't have kids like that i don't go on those vacations i can't afford that vacation no you know i can't go to that gym i can't eat that food don't look unfollow unfollow it hear me well said loud and clear <laughs> unfollow. so that's it so i'm gonna post a list of the accounts that i love and shoshana you'll also think about some of the yeah. accounts that you love oh my god yeah and then we we'll can start them. like sharing them all around there's so many good ones out there there's like really yucky ones but there's so many good ones and i think that they totally outnumber the bad ones so i'm gonna share who i love and where I walk away feeling happier and and inspired. Um, but I think this was super important and such a great conversation. Yeah. And I hope that I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more Mental Health Mondays with all the great people that are on here. Thank um, you so much, Rachel, starting. for joining, for doing this, for everyone. And thank you for everyone who watched. This is my first live, so it was really scary for me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, see you on the next Mental Health Mondays. If anybody has any 